Life is often so busy, taking us here, there, seemingly everywhere. When you are unable to make it to church, we hope you are fed and nourished by listening to the preaching of God's Word wherever you are at the moment. In the meantime, take care and God bless. Good morning and welcome back to St. Andrew Lutheran Church here this morning as we get to rally day number three. Here was two weeks ago, we was last week, and today the theme is, as you can see on the screen, go. We are taking this opportunity this fall to restart, to reset. Uh, to re-engage, and it's been wonderful over the past few weeks here to have many more of our community here, certainly online as well, but many more coming here to this place to say, yes, here we are going to go and be uh, the people of God in Christ uh, in our lives and in the world. So welcome back. I'm Pastor Peter Johnson, pastor of service and small group. And when I was assigned the task of preaching on go, one of the things that popped into my head was that uh, playground game that teachers used to lead the game Simon Says. You know, the game Simon Says, I'm sure. I think they still teach that and it's still played on the playground and in classrooms. So in other words, Simon Says, please stand as you are able. And you're asking yourself, is this rhetorical? <laughs> Thank you. Simon says, if you are able, turn 360 in your chair and, and then come back and look at me. Great, you may be seated. Oh, 50-50, I don't know. Simon says, you may be seated. Awesome. Simon says, go. Simon says, stay. Jesus says, go. Before we get there, um, I'd like to look, work with these words just a little bit here as we think about life and going here in our world. So going and being as people in the suburbs here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, um, have a lot of uh, meaning, a lot of uh, circumstances that we live with from day to day, week to week, and so forth. We obviously know when September rolls around, there's a whole lot of getting up and going here as we engage with school life, uh, with uh, lack now, no more vacation, or at least not maybe until MEA or Thanksgiving, we're just in a go mode with practices, tryouts, um, and so forth. But there's always that stay that resides as well as kind of an opposite, go and stay. On or off? Are we on or when can we turn off in the midst of things? And most of the time I find that we're in this on mode all the time. If you're driving a car, you gotta throw it into D and drive. And then there are times, of course, too, where you just need to put it and ourselves into uh, the park mode. There's also, too, this issue of working our Monday through Friday, at least for many of us. I know there are many that, uh, that have different work schedules, but work and that 40 hours a week that so many of us uh, live with, and then the opposite of that is the rest. And then our word that we have in our faith tradition is that time of healing, wholeness, and restorative time um, called Sabbath, uh, which is the balance um, that we have uh, in life. We have also a compartmentalized life, I think, Monday through Friday, and then there's Saturday and Sunday. So today, I know you're already thinking about, okay, tomorrow we're getting going, school's going, work is going, what do I need to do? But still, 
Saturday and Sunday is carved out in its own little place, isn't it? And if we look at the whole calendar year, maybe we think of the world in these ways too. 48 weeks of this, and then four weeks of that. That kind of thing. All is important. But I think sometimes our lives can look like this when we're going. So you can assign yourself uh, um, a different task on each of those incredibly brilliantly drawn arrows. Um, I realize that I'm not gonna win any awards um, at the Oscars or marketing media awards or whatever for drawing arrows, but this is, I think, sometimes an accurate portrait, I think, of many of us in life um, today. And I have, we pastors have, and you have probably worked with your family members or colleagues and invited people to do this. Take a couple things off, simplify life, settle down and tone down, um, and try not to do and be so much. It's a lot easier, of course, to have all of these things going on than it is to have just those things um, going on. One book that I've been reading uh, recently is by the author uh, Bruce uh, Feiler, um, and he has helped me kind of think about um, another image. Again, you're going to be, inc- be really, really amazed by this incredible drawing uh, again. Thank you uh, very much. That oftentimes our lives uh, can be spent in this circular pattern toward the middle, and toward the middle in me, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, if I am um, in the midst of a three weeks of a burn until finals in college, it's kind of going to be this kind of image in life. If I have a presentation um, that I have uh, this week, and I have a few this week here at St. Andrew that I need to prepare for, there are times when I go into this mode uh, where I just need to focus on being who I am um, and rotating down um, into that area. But then there's also then the other polar opposite of that is what Bruce Feiler calls uh, the the greater self. The first image was uh, the smaller self, kind of narrowing in like so. Uh, but this one is the greater self, where we, are, we, where we live outwardly, and we're, and we're, we're thinking more broadly about ourselves and our time, um, where we um, are dis- distributing ourselves into different um, areas. Uh, and we do that all at the same time. Sometimes we do it simultaneously, sometimes we can mark on our calendar, I'm going back into me mode, and then after a while, then I need to go back into we mode. You know what I mean? So this is balancing act here between focusing in on me, but then also focusing outward. And of course, I'm not talking just about life and patterns uh, that we live, and I live right alongside um, you. Um, but we're here in worship because we're Christians. And so I'm gonna have just one arrow now on the screen um, and the cross of Christ, again, so incredibly drawn, I realize. But this is what we're about here in this place. We have an hour of time, and of course, in our daily lives as well, but an hour of time here really uh, to focus in on who Jesus is and what Jesus calls us to be. In the midst of everything, all those arrows that I have put up on the screen that have helped, I think, define a bit about how how full life is. But in, in the beginning and at the end, the Alpha and the Omega, we are Jesus's, we're God's. Okay, so let's consider go as a theme. We, as people of God, go. We're doers. From Matthew 28, Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit 
and teaching them to obey every, everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Go. People, the one key is to go. Matthew 5, Jesus said, you are the light of the world, my friends. The city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all the house. So, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Go forth, my friends, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father uh, in heaven. Go and be shine. You've heard this one before. We've sung the song, but Jesus calls us to go and to be of that nature. And so again, I'm gonna put up a couple of uh, kind of pros and cons or maybe dialogue between two things here. Sometimes this can be seen as somewhat theological and I don't want it to be too um, overwhelmingly theological, but there is the gospel of Jesus Christ that says you are loved and that you are forgiven no matter what by the grace of God. Romans 3, we have sinned and fallen from you, but you have saved us through the grace um, of Christ. Law is another term we use in the church that requires obligations and responsibilities. When I drive here to the end of the driveway here uh, and turn before I turn out on technology drive, I'd better well stop at the stop sign and look both ways before I make my left hand turn. Or I will hit someone or someone will hit me. Sometimes, it's not all a bad thing for us to let the, the law of Christ be that full of obligation and responsibility. That we as people of God are called to go, and so the law says we go. We don't, it's not about looking both ways before we pull out into a busy street, but it's about loving God and loving our neighbor. And there is no compromise in that when we think about the law that it is there, the gospel forgives us when we don't, but we're called to do this. Love and grace is what we talk about here at church quite a bit. Works is what I am talking about here. You know, the book of James, Martin Luther called the book of straw because there wasn't even a mention of Jesus in the entire book of James. But in it, James is writing that faith without works is dead. It is dead. So Luther kind of put it into the back drawer uh, of, of his Bible, so to speak, and didn't take it very seriously. And we read the whole of the Bible. We never read just one little piece and follow it to a T, only that piece. But there is a difference between love and grace and works. Eternal promises where God is assuring us of good news and grace, but also these obligations and responsibilities that we have here on earth that are temporal, that are finite, that are, that are right in front of us, like this obligation to go, eternal and external, external to us um, out there in our world. So changing gears a little bit here, we have uh, um, also in the same book by Bruce Feiler, he's talking about uh, the role of mentors, coaches, and parents. So we all, I'm a parent, um, I've been a mentor and a coach as well. You've probably played these roles before or you've had someone be a coach or a mentor and all of you certainly have had parents um, as well. So there are parents um, who, who enter a nudging mode. I love you, but try this. 
or mentors who say this at work or coaches that you might sit down with once every couple of weeks. You might try this as something that might get the job done, a nudger. There are mentors or coaches that are modelers, you know, like follow my lead. You will now know how it is uh, to be a part of this company. Or as Michelle and I often assume that the boys are just learning from us how to be and they should just do what we do and then everything will be just all great. So we model what it means to be a family um, together, caring for each other, being about purposefulness um, in life, right? All those things. There are people too who are slappers. I love you, but get over it. You know what I mean? The people who say, you have a big project this week and you'd better nail it. Now, there are a lot of people out there who will simply say, well, cower to that sometimes, but other people who will rise um, to the occasion. How many of us have been, play the role of not a literal slapper, but a figurative slapper when it comes to parenting sometimes? Like, clean up your room, that kind of language. But it is not meant to be abusive, but a, someone who speaks uh, with power um, and authority. There's also a time when there are naysayers. You are crazy and will never succeed. Are you ever so exasperated that this is a rhetoric that one uses? I think about Tom Brady when he was drafted in the umpteenth round. Basically the NFL draft saying, you're not good enough to be an NFL quarterback. Well, I am a good NFL quarterback and I'm going to win seven Super Bowls. Sometimes that's all that someone needs in order to get going is to have a naysayer in their life. And there's also a comforter too. I love and trust you, you can do it. Try again. Do it again. So you know of many people probably that fit in those categories. There may have been people who have done or been these things for you at one point in time or another. But I want you to think about not just mentors, coaches, and parents, but I want you to think about our Savior Jesus. Because that's what we're here for. Sunday morning. And we're worshiping and learning. I love you. But try this. In other words, you've heard it said that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, love your neighbor. Turn the other cheek and pray for those who persecute you. Try this. Hmm. Modeler, Jesus said, follow me to the fishermen who were used to gathering fish into a net. And he said, I'm go actually going to share with you what it's like uh, to catch people and to bring people into uh, the peace of understanding of God. Jesus also had this more adversarial relationship. Uh, this role here, when, when, when Peter came to him and was confused about the mission, Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. This is the where I'm going to go. I'm going to Jerusalem. I will suffer and die for you, but I will not have those things on the other side of me that is holding me back. Get behind me, Satan. And Peter had to take that, had to figure out what does this mean uh, for me? For the naysayer. Remember when Jesus was talking to the rich man when he said, it is easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. And the end of that story, the rich man goes wandering off and we don't know what he does with that. But maybe, 
Jesus being the naysayer, this rich man changed, repented, and came back. And Jesus is the comforter. I love you and trust you, you can do it. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We have all of these stories from Jesus' ministry, don't we? We like to focus on Jesus the comforter and Jesus the nudger, don't we? We're Lutherans, and we, so we focus on the grace of God. But how important it is for us to see the modeler, the naysayer, or even the slapper get going. This is part and parcel with being faithful people. So in the end, when we think about going then and following this, what is it like for us to go? I think we have a sense of what it feels like, of what the experiences of like, of, of really faithfully going uh, in engaging in life-giving, faithful activity. Uh, and um, let me help you remember what that feels like. Maybe it's the person at work who um, lost a, a mom, and you're in a texting uh, relationship with this uh, person at work, and you take it upon yourself uh, to send a message to them uh, that says um, that you care for them and you're in their prayers. Uh, and you also make the resolution that for the next few days you're gonna do that every day. How does that feel for us uh, to dedicate ourselves to caring for this colleague and saying, this person needs a little bit of extra boost, especially when you get those text messages back. Let's say, wow, you're not just a colleague, but you're thoughtful and, and care about me. What's another example that you have where that's been the case, where we, where what, where, what does it feel like to really be in that groove and knowing where that's at. For, for me and my wife, and for maybe for Michelle in, in particular, I think food is such a common thing for us. When someone is in need, how easy it is for us to, uh, to gather up and cook and go and share. Michelle does her thing, I do bread, of course, but it's just what we do, and it feels good to be in that space where you're giving. You know what I mean? Coming up in two weeks, uh, St. Andrew is hosting the Feed My Starving Children mobile pack here at St. Andrew. Many of you have done this before yourself with your kids, with your grandkids. Uh, we do it at the sites at Chanhassen or Egan. We are doing one here in the fellowship hall. 450 people. And there is space for you to sign up and do that. There is probably a mom of two kids whose husband is still left um, in Ukraine. There is probably a mom who is in Poland who has these two kids, who has some means and is able to get about the task of providing for them. But how nice it is for you to have that box of mac and cheese in the cupboard, or for this mom to have a pack where all she needs to do is boil four cups of water, dump it in, wait 20 minutes, and boom, she and her two kids are fed. For two hours, you can come and pack those meals that will end up with a mom in Poland or in Haiti 
or in the, the, the DAR. It feels really good to come into the sanctuary like we will do and hear words of food insecurity, to go in and pack the meals and then come back in here and say a blessing, pray over these meals to say, go forth to that woman in Ukraine who is in Poland so that her family can have something to eat. Sign up. And when I say sign up, sign up. That's the call. So what is it like to receive? That's also part of this equation, friends. Because how many times in your life have you received something from someone who has gone, who is going, who is being purposeful? I look around this sanctuary, and I know a lot of you better than others, but I know that all of you, when I look around the room, know that there have been people who have stepped up for you. And there are people out there that are going and making a difference in, in your life and did at some point in time or maybe right now. When Michelle and I moved to New York uh, 20, 23 years ago, Michelle had just been uh, told by our OBGYN to go on four months of strict bed rest. I took the cat and the truck and the car on a trailer and drove out alone moved in, Michelle very gingerly and carefully flew in, and we tucked her into our parsonage house for four long months. The great news, of course, is that Alex, on February 16th, 1999, was born. Everything worked out fine. But we had to get there first. So there was Nina and Dick Payton, and there was Dick and Betty Morrill, and there was Ed and... There are people who brought meals over every couple days, and they were going. They wanted to welcome me as a new pastor, Michelle as part of the new pastor's family, and some of our tightest relationships now, still to this day, are when I was green in that place, but we had people who were going, and they did those things for us. What a blessing it is to receive what it is that people have to give So Simon says, this is rhetorical. (laughs) Go. But Jesus is what we're talking about here. Jesus says, go. Sort out the details. Figure out the complexities. But the world needs you. People need you. Jesus says, go. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope you found this week's message helpful as you think about how you will live out your faith each day. If you would like to support the ministries at St. Andrew Lutheran Church, you can do so by having your credit card information available and then texting a gift to 952-260-9007. Thank you and God bless.